Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is a member of the Final Herald team. He's also one of the presenters, Dr. Ronald Robin. Welcome to Upward Way. Marlon, thank you so much. It's a blessing to be with you and to be able to join hands in giving God the glory. It is indeed my esteemed pleasure to have you. And I must also say thanks for taking the time out of, I know, your busy schedule to share your story with us today. Just for some background, could you just share with us, Eliza, about the Final Herald? What is this ministry all about? Maybe when did you get started and the concept behind your ministry? Sure. Thank you for that question. Um, it's just amazing. Remembering how God has led us is so encouraging. And it's just really a blessing to be able to look back and see the faithfulness of the Lord at work. It was about last year, uh, March 2020, when uh, India went into a nationwide lockdown as COVID cases started to increase. Friends of mine down in Southern India, uh, Brother Godwin and Sister Ruth, his wife, they started to host Bible studies over the cell phone. And they had a few friends, I believe, who were joining with them. And they had another friends, other set of friends who were sharing the word of God with the brethren who were joining. And so that's how the ministry really began. Over time, it migrated over to the Zoom platform and they, they began to host studies over the Zoom platform, I think they had already started to move the ministry ahead. There were a few months into the, into the ministry when they had contacted me if I was willing to share. And that's when I came aboard by God's grace and was just so blessed, have been so blessed uh, since joined hands with them and saw how selflessly they served and how God was just richly blessing and multiplying the work that God had blessed them with, the vision to be able to start this work. So, that's how it began. And over the, over the course of these past months, we're looking at it, it's been over a year now since the ministry took off. And it's just amazing to note how God has just richly just widened the scale of, of being able to reach out. Because initially, it just began with brethren just within India, or reaching in and tuning into the, the meetings. And then God just widened the borders, you know, especially with the, with the whole COVID situation, so many of our brethren around the world being online. So we saw people coming in from different countries and, and tuning in, and the Lord has just been blessing richly. One of the things that really amazes me is that since it began in March 2020, there's pretty much literally every single night that Brother Godman and Sister Ruth have been hosting meetings, and God has just been providing. Not only have they been selflessly putting every other schedule aside to be able to host these meetings, but also the Lord has been providing the brethren who would come, come from different parts of the world to do different series of messages. And it is so amazing to see how God brings people in together. Now, over that course of time, we had many brethren come in, join people being blessed, people sharing their testimonies, people sharing how the messages were reaching out to them, how lives were changing. And just to be able to sit back and see the glory of God has been such a heavenly blessing. And we just give God all the glory for the work he's been doing. Tremendous. I was taught something 
during my, my graduation from university after I finished my undergraduate degree. And the, the saying was, you know, crisis produces opportunity. So in the midst of that crisis, an opportunity was presented and a few faithful brethren started something and it has grown leaps and bounds. Leaps and bounds. Could you just say a little, um, what are some of the different countries that persons have been connecting from across the world? There are many of our brethren in the Middle East, and it's amazing to see how many of them, I think even because of the lockdown situation, many of our brethren have been tuning in from the Middle East. Um, we've had brethren also joining us from the Philippines, I believe from Thailand, from Australia, and God is just opening more and more doors. Brethren from Norway are joining, and praise be to God. Praise be really to God. Tremendous stuff. I know you happen to also be a part of White Horse Media, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So uh, how has that experience been with White Horse Media for you? Oh, uh, well, Marl, just when you say that, it, it just takes me back to a time in my life when I was, I was really, really struggling. I was really, really down when I met the vice president for White Horse Media, who I consider as my elder brother now, uh, Brother Timothy Saxton. And just meeting him, and he really sat with me, and I was, I, was just, I, was, I was asking him something, and he began to share with me. And just what he shared over the years has been such a hope in my heart. And hence my, my, my time with him, my introduction to them, actually began years ago. I was in college, uh, to take you back to my, my introduction to White Horse Media. I was in college when I first heard Pastor Steve Wahlberg, who's the president and director for White Horse Media. I first heard him. He was doing a series of messages. The Harry Potter movies were really famous at that time. And he was doing a series on just the dangers of what this was doing to the youth and to the world. So I remember my first introduction to White Horse Media at that time. And you know, could not have even imagined that one day I'd have the privilege to work with these brethren. Something I'd really like to say, Brother Marlon and I really, really just admire God and thank God for this. One of the things I truly admire about working with, with White Horse Media is the selflessness with which these brethren work. I particularly associate with Steve Wahlberg and Timothy Saxton, and it is simply amazing to me the humility these men have. After all that they have experienced with the Lord and have done for God's glory by His grace, it's amazing to me how, how humble they are in their ministry. And that, to me, is one of life's greatest blessings, to be able to associate with with brethren who love the Lord and are very, very humble. I'll just share a quick experience with you, which was very humbling and almost sort of funny to me because um, when I first joined the team, uh, Pastor Steve Wahlberg wrote to me, you know, welcome to the family. And, and he, was, he had been a spiritual mentor, you know, someone you, you look up to and admire for the work they're doing for the Lord. And then, you know, in our, we were exchanging emails and then he, he wrote to me one time and he says, oh, I was in my orchard and I was listening to one of your sermons. And I was like, what? I'm like, to myself, I'm saying, why were you listening to any of my messages? I'm like, you should listen to your messages or you know, other people who are doing really well. But I mean, what a humility to, you know, he's never sort of met me in person. And yet the desire to take the time to, to listen uh, to something I'd shared was just very, very humbling. And so I really give God glory. I really give God glory for how White Horse Media has, has truly, truly been a huge blessing. So praise God. Praise God for that. Indeed. Praise the Lord. Now, we're going to do a little, we'd say, reverse as we go back to the beginning. So today you are one of the presenters, as we have just established, of the final Herald. But where did your journey start as it relates to being a Christian? So let us start from there, and then we will move along to present situation. 
that's a long story with Marlon, but I'll try and pick up some highlights. When I look back in my life, I, I feel so undeserving of the family that I have. I, I feel completely undeserving of the family that I have. God has blessed me with such a profound divine heritage, a spiritual heritage I've, I've received from my family, and that I feel I'm completely unworthy of. So growing up, father uh, was a minister, is still a minister. He retired. Both my parents are retired from ministry. We grew up pretty much, dad used to be church pastor, and you know we grew up sort of cleaning church floors and dusting church pews. That, that was sort of the growing experience. Church was an excitement. It was a thrilling thing to do. To take part in church was just joyous. And yet it was something, I guess perhaps just, you know, I don't know if you, if you relate to this, it was just sort of perhaps for the excitement of it. It was something nice to do. It was something fun to do. Of course, never looked at church as something really taxing or burdening, but it was, yeah, it was something fun to do, not something that was real to me, not something that its effect would, you know, go through with me through the week. Those were sort of the initial beginning exposures. To this day, thank the Lord for the blessing of having parents who taught me so much and much of what they taught me about God did not come from their lips. It really came from their lives. Uh, I'm talking about back in the day when, you know, ministers were not appreciated as much. My mother used to be an elementary teacher and she taught in the elementary school for 17 years, after which she joined dad in the church office work where she worked as a women's ministry director and retired as a women's ministry director. She used to teach the elementary school, the nursery class, which is, a, I guess, the toughest class at school. And all the, the struggle, not just to be able to teach the kids, but to, you know, this is their first class away from their home and they really want to go home. They're crying. They're out of control. And I mean, just the patience to be able to deal with all that is just amazing. And in spite of going through a, a heavy day like that with the children, mom would still come home and be ever willing to go with dad to visit homes, to visit, you know, the homes of, of the church members. I guess at that time, it seemed like, oh, they're just doing their job. You know, that's their job. That's, that's what they're supposed to do. But as I grow up and I look around, I'm like, I don't see many ministers do that. I don't see many ministers do that. Go far distances to, to visit members, to be able to care for them, to minister, to help them in, the, in their struggles. To me, again, like I said, perhaps it was just their job. And then looking back, I realized there were no pats on the back. There were no like, Pastor, you're doing a great job or perhaps an award or a certificate. Looking back, I realized, wait, if they weren't getting any of this, what really kept them going? How does a woman come from such a heavy day and, and still gladly say, all right, let's go. We'll visit church members. I mean, how do you do that? And so that, that to me, that to me, looking back, makes me realize they had something more. Like I said, what they've taught me about God never really came much out of their lips. It was most of how they were serving God so selfless. And I, I really, I really thank the Lord for, for that experience. But it wasn't until I entered college, while I was still taking part in church, sharing every now and then. It wasn't until college that my relationship with the Lord began to become real. I was now far away from home, studying in a foreign country. And that's where my relationship began to get very real with God. And I remember very vividly when a friend of mine approached me and, and said, you know, they're, they're having a week of prayer. And she'd like, she said, I think the, the words, if I, if I can get them right, she said, the Holy Spirit is impressing me to ask you to be our speaker for the week of prayer. and that's sort of, you know, how do you say no to that? The Holy Spirit is impressing someone. How do you say no to that? And I said yes, and I had no clue what the theme of the week of prayer was. I had no clue what I was going to share, but I had said yes. And, and understand that prior to this, I, I had shared messages by God's grace, but there were sort of, you know, isolated experiences. But here was someone requesting me to speak night after night for a week. And I remember, Brother Marlon, that week, 
was such a blessing to me because God spoke to me very, very distinct, perhaps I would say like never before, and revealed to me, the theme of the, the week of prayer was amazing grace, and the Lord revealed to me how in spite of who I've been, the Lord has loved me still. After all that I've done to push him away, God has still loved me just the way I am. That whole week, I didn't go to class. I was, I was just in my room, reflecting, listening to messages, and it was just such a, such a powerful blessing. It was that week, several years ago now, it was that week when, when I came to the Lord and I said, Lord, I guess that, that, that week I realized, you know, the Lord really takes my prayers very seriously. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'd like you to use me fully this year. I'd like you to really use me fully. And trust me, Brother Martin, he really took those words very seriously. If I can say this, and I, I'm not saying this to be boastful, I'm, I'm really saying this really to God's glory. I don't think there's been a single week since that year. I don't think there's been a, even a single week when I've not been given the opportunity to share God's word. There's not been a single week where I've not been given an opportunity since then. And I realized he really took that very seriously. The Lord really took that very seriously. He just kept widening the borders. And I was away from home. Uh, I was in a foreign country. These brethren did not know me from anywhere, but it was just amazing how invitations just kept pouring in to go share, to go share, to go share. And I just want to thank the Lord. I was in dental school, by the way. So I was, I was in my dental program. And almost every weekend, I was out. Almost every weekend, I wasn't in the university. I was out. In fact, my friends used to be shocked when on a weekend they would see me in, in school. They'd be like, what are you doing here? Almost like, you know, because you're always out. It was so amazing with the Martin because there were times when I, I just really thanked the Lord because those mission trips, those experiences, traveling and sharing, really spoke to me very, very dearly, very sincerely. And I really thank the Lord for that. Towards the end of my, 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 my dental program, the dental program, uh, this is at the Adventist University, was a six-year total program. And I had chosen to extend my stay for another three years, so that, that, that would have been an added three years. And towards the end of that, you know, it was my, my uncles who were supporting me, family members who were supporting me, and I had extended, and I didn't feel right anymore. I mean, I was so convicted, uh, disturbed about what I had done and how, how I had sort of just used the family money. These were uncles who were really supporting me. And I looked at my life as being a very, very greedy person, always wanting, always wanting that, you know, trouble my brother, my uncles, you know, just give me sort of money so that I could use, lived a very greedy life. And after having done all of that, Towards the, I guess about the last three years of my stay, the Lord deeply convicted me. He says, son, you're not going to ask anyone for money. I was like, whoa. So that's around the year where my studies were supposed to end. God convicted me. He says, you're going to stay. And so if you're going to stay, you're not going to ask anyone for money. And that was, you know, for someone who's been so greedy, asking, 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 to be told you're not going to ask anyone. I'm wondering, where am I going to pay tuition? Where am I going to pay rent? Food? How's, how's all that going to be? And... In that moment, Brother, Brother Marlon, I'd like to share with you something I read. I was already experiencing God's deliverance, God's provisions. And one day, so that I'd have no shadow of a doubt, God brought me to these words in a, in a book called Our High Calling. You're probably familiar with that. Our High Calling, page 196, paragraph 2. Listen to these words. Where to the writer writes, says, When we devote ourselves to the affairs of the kingdom of God, when we devote ourselves to the affairs of the kingdom of God, God will mind our affairs. 
When we devote ourselves to the affairs of the kingdom of God, God will mind our affairs. It was that day, this sort of this, almost this sort of overwhelming impression, assuring me, almost God knocking on my heart and saying, son, just do what I've told you to do. I'll take care of you. All right, Lord. And while to me, it was just, all right, I'll just keep sharing and encouraging and sharing Bible studies. But deep inside, I, I recognized God was doing more. God was teaching me how to trust him more than trusting money. He was teaching me to, to not trust, not depend on anything or anyone, but learn to depend upon the Lord. And Brother Mark, this story can go on and on, how the Lord tapped on different people who I had not even spoken about my financial situation. The, the people I was staying with, uh, wonderful faculty, faculty members who, who had taken me in, I was staying with them as a boarder. And they just told me, he says, when you have the rent, pay it. Don't worry about it. They were feeding me three meals a day. I was staying in a very comfortable room, internet, washing machine, and I had access to anything I wanted from the kitchen. I was given freedom to cook if I wanted to cook anything. And I was just basically told, when you have the money, you pay. So I mean, there was no pressure. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe how you know, people would be so loving. If I was from their, that nation, I would understand, but I wasn't. And there they were just, just loving. Another friend of mine who was like a mother to me, uh, both husband and wife, and, and also engaged in ministry, it was just amazing. I got a call over 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 a course of a summer. You know, the school was changing their 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 course program and schedule, and so they were moving. I think the school from start, which was supposed to start, I think in June, so they were moving it to August. So you had all these extra months that they had to fill in. So the summer school they divided it into two, made it two summers, so that it could fill up the the, the empty slot, so that they could start the school year from from August. And I remember the first summer I didn't enroll because I didn't have the money, and Towards the end of that summer, and I think, I think someone must have ended, and then the second summer was about to start, when I get a call from this friend who's like a mother to me, she says, um, I'm so sorry. I'm like, sorry? She said, I'm so sorry. I'm supposed to pay your tuition fee for last summer. Um, go tell the school that I'll take care of that. You can just, just enroll. And I'm thinking to myself, so you're going to pay for my tuition and still you're apologizing to me for not paying it for, the, for this past summer. All right, so at one time, you know, they had sent in the tuition fee directly to the school, and I went to the school, the account, the, the account personnel, and, and asked them for a, for a statement of account for, for what my, my school account looks like. So I got that printout, and, and I took it to her, and I said, I said, um, this is, this is the, the statement of account from the school. She sort of looked at it, she put it aside, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but this is what she said to me pretty much. She says, you know, brother, just do what God has called you to do. Keep doing it. And as you do it, stay as long as you want. Stay in school as long as you want. Stay in this country as long as you want. We'll take care of it. And I couldn't believe, Brother Marlon, even as I look back now, I can't believe that I was actually hearing that. Now, understand, these were parents who had two children in med school. And medicine is very expensive. And they were paying for my tuition in dental school, which is also very expensive. And I was pretty much being told, just keep doing what God has called you to do. Don't worry about it. We'll pay for your tuition. And... I, to this day, Brother Marlon, can't believe that. I just can't believe that. Several, just very, I'm sort of sharing with you God's unbelievable commitment to me that has appealed to me time and time again. God proving to me, I love you and I want you to be fully mine. And assuring me through all of these visible evidences of, brethren, I've not spoken about my, my, my financial situation about, but so deeply impressed to come through, I, I, I simply give God glory. Another friend found out about the situation and says, all right, um, didn't speak to me, didn't say anything, didn't say a word to me. And, you know, 
being abroad, you had to renew your visa every year, which was expensive. And a student ID, which was issued by the government that you also had to renew, all of this costed money. And again, didn't have it. And if you don't have it, you can be deported back if you, if you don't have that paperwork. So this friend comes through, didn't say a word to me, spoke to another teacher and said, oh, can you take, can you take Ronald to the, to, the, to the student office and, and get this thing settled? So my teacher comes and says, you know, let's go pay for your visa or something. I'm like, what do you mean let's go pay for your visa? I'm like, what's going on? And so he just takes me there, pays for my, my visa and stuff. I'm like, all right. So later on, I found out he was, he was a friend of mine you know, who did that. Same, same friend of mine, you know, who's, who's, who I said is a mother to me, paid for my tuition, asked me, so how long have you not paid rent? I said, it's been five months. So it's five months and they still allow you to stay there. I'm like, yeah, they've been really kind or something. And it's all right. So here's an envelope. And in the envelope was, was money. She says, here's your rent for five months. Go pay your rent. And I mean, I think about that. It is just amazing. And I can share with you several experiences of Marl. One time I was speaking at a church and they had invited me. It was their church anniversary and I was speaking. And after I'd done speaking, one of the sisters, it was, it was a home church and uh, one of the sisters whose house it was with her family, you know, she brought out this, this, this suitcase, this luggage. She said, um, Spiron, this, is, this is for you. You're a traveling minister. You need, you need this suitcase to be able to travel. And it was a really nice suitcase. And so I'd use that. I'd travel. And seriously, Brother Martin, people would look at me on a weekend leaving the university and they're like, this brother's rich, constantly traveling, just flying to and fro. But they had no idea. After the morning, I, all of my travels were all paid for by the Lord because I didn't have that kind of money. And here's what's amazing. When I was greedy, asking, 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 I really did not get to travel so much further away. But when there was barely anything left in my pocket, God was taking me further and further and further. And I really look back and, and just, just thank the Lord. Just really thank the Lord for how he has come through every single time, assuring me that he really knows how to take care of his people. He really knows how to take care of his people. So that's been my experience with him, Marlon, a brief sort of overview of the experience I've gone through. And God just humbling me because I know, Brother Marlon, avenues where I've stood at, congregations where before whom I've, I've stood, I know I didn't deserve to. I know absolutely I didn't deserve to. But God took me there anyway. Let's take this interview with Upward Way. I know I don't deserve to be here. But praise be to God. Praise really be to God who loves us beyond measure. Glory be to his name. Glory be to his name. And as I listened to you sharing, the Chinese proverbs just, you know, entered my thoughts. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And you have shared not only literally traveling thousands of miles, but also in the essence of you sharing your background, it's almost as if we were on a journey of a thousand miles. It's interesting when I listen to you speak, you know, there are individuals who will say, okay, you know, he was lucky. <laughs> he was lucky. But as Christians, we, we know we don't depend on luck. We depend on the blessings of the Lord. And while my experience is not similar to yours, and of course, it's your interview, I can recall the Lord saying this very same thing to me in a part of phase of my journey. Don't focus on the money. Just go forward and things will fall in, in place. You spoke briefly, uh, basically touching the surface in terms of you know, challenges that you would have had throughout your life. So I'm going to ask this question this way. What would have been maybe the most challenging phase of your journey? And also, what would have been your experience in terms of overcoming? Here's what I also want to say. When I also think of my, my experience in my journey with the Lord, um, I cannot exclude this reality of the fact that 
God throughout my life, even to this point, Brother Marlon, God has repeatedly surrounded me with brethren who really, really love the Lord. And I couldn't thank the Lord enough for that. I couldn't thank the Lord enough for that. Um, brethren who were there for me at, at, at each step of the way, ministering to me without even knowing it. I don't believe they were consciously doing it, reaching out to me, but they, were, they just were and they perhaps didn't even know it. And God was using their life to be able to guide me. When I was in college, I had, I had friends who were so wonderful, you know, loved ministry. Some of my brothers in, back in college, they were, they were ministerial students and they just wanted me to just come learn and, and be able to share. And I really thank the Lord for them, that they would come through, they would share with me. And I would sit back and like, wow, that's really interesting. Such a blessing to hear that. So I thank God that through these brethren, God has not only ministered to me and sort of encouraged me, God has also rebuked me. Even to this day, I have friends whose lives when I look at, I'm so ashamed. I'm like, you're doing nothing. You're doing nothing for the Lord. Look at these brethren, how they're, they're spending themselves and are being spent for God's glory. And look at you, you're doing nothing. And that really serves as a really powerful rebuke from heaven. I really, really praise the Lord for that. One of the things I could say with Marla as the greatest challenge has been self. Self has always gotten in the way. And some of these, some of these trying processes, whether it was finances, whether it was you know, being away from home or the different challenges you, know, you experience, I really thank God because God through all of this was only seeking to build me and, and teaching me dependence upon the Lord. And the Lord was really, through all of these experiences, as trying as they were, one time, really, especially, where I really didn't think I'll make it through the night or make it you know, to the next day or something. But God was so faithful in the midst of that. You know, you were just sharing earlier how someone would say, oh, he was just lucky. Um, I had the privilege once to sit across the table. This was, a, this was a money exchange place. And I was sitting across the table with a brother who was perhaps in charge of the place. And we got to talking and he shared with me that he's an atheist. And as he said that to me, I began to share a little about my own journey. And as I shared that, I said, tell me if that's coincidence. Because I told him, I said, you know, these brethren who were helping me, I did not tell them. Perhaps others told them. I, I did not tell them about my financial situation. How were they coming through and, you know, doing this? Now, was I being very kind to them? Was I giving them something? Absolutely not. They just show, saw me share the gospel and the Lord just impressed upon them. To help me, I mean, to just go completely out of the race. I mean, I know these were huge sacrifices on their part to be able to support me. I mean, even today, there are brethren who go so out of their way to stay with me, to encourage me, to just push me to do more for the Lord. And I look at that and I'm sharing this with a brother and I'm like, well, tell me if that's coincidence. All of these things coming together is too many things to be accidental, too many things to just be a serendipitous event. But. That would truly is what was happening. And I really thank God because, you know, the Bible tells us that the God of all comfort who comforts us, he does that so that we can comfort those who are also going through trials and tribulations. And so today when I see brethren who are struggling with finance, I see brethren who are discouraged, when I see brethren who are downhearted, I share a little bit of what the Lord has done in my life. It's encouraging to read what Abraham, Moses, Moses and Isaac have done. But when I look at my life, I realize, wow, even without uh, an Abraham reference or an Isaac reference, God allowing me to look at my own life proves to me that the God of ancient Israel is also the God of spiritual Israel today. So glory truly be to his name for how he helps us overcome by his grace. 
As the saying goes, all good things must come to an end. Dr. Robin, I must say thanks for taking the time out to share your story with us today. To my listeners, my guest today has been Dr. Ronald Robin, one of the presenters of The Final Herald. Do join us again next week when we'll have part two of this two-part interview. You can subscribe to weekly episodes on Apple, Spotify, Listen Notes, and Podcast Guru, or go to the App Store and download the AWR app. Until then, I am Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.